1: And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
2: Well, on today's edition of the program, we have a very special guest joining us today in studio, a longtime friend and a voice certainly familiar to the KFAX audience. Um, He hosts the program, heard Monday through Friday at 7.45 p.m. right here on KFAX, called Verse by Verse, and we're pleased to have with us today in studio the senior pastor of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, Pastor Layton Sheely. Pastor Sheely, welcome to the program.
3: Thank you, Craig.
2: Good to be here. This is a different experience for me because when I say, welcome, Pastor Sheely, I'm used to actually looking across the table at your dear dad, who uh, went home to be with the Lord in February of this year. And uh, of course, it's been, no doubt, a, a tremendous transition for not only Church of the Highlands and uh, the, the huge shoes that you've stepped into, Phil, about a decade now since you were installed as senior pastor. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, the, the, the footprint, the impact that this man's life and ministry has had on not only his family, his church family, and, of course radio listeners throughout all of Northern California. Daybreak broadcast continues here on KFAX weekday mornings at at 630, and then a global ministry as well. And there are so many layers to the onion of the ministry of Church of the Highlands and the Sheely family that we're delighted to spend some time with you today, getting to know more about you, more about the ministry. So take us back, Pastor Layton. The church was started by your dad in Daly City clear back in 1959.
3: That's right. October in 1959, um, and he rented a facility that was some kind of community center that uh, had uh, parties the night before, and so he and some elders had to get up early on Sunday morning and scrub the floors and (laughs) clean the bottles out and make it ready for church. I was told that the property that was used is now sitting somewhere under Freeway 280 in in Daly City, so it, it doesn't exist anymore. And then, by the grace of God, we were able to purchase a property next to uh, Mary's Help Hospital which is now Seton Medical Center on top of the hill and and uh, dad bought some old barracks and uh, pulled them apart and put them back together as a sanctuary and um, and that's how the church got started it got started in, in Daly City next to Seton Medical Center. There
2: was an amazing door that opened up in about 1970-72 to acquire an old shopping center right up in the highlands area of San Bruno. Tell us that story. Uh,
3: Portola Highlands. Oh, interesting story um you know we're a little congregation of 150 200 people give or take and um one of our elders uh who later became one of our pastors peter was doing doing i don't know what he was doing he was driving or something like that came across this property and and brought it home to to dad it was a it was a shopping center that was on the market for 1.4 million dollars which you know was a huge amount of money back in the 1970s and and uh and so um dad uh you know checked into it uh, to see if it might be something god wanted to, to to do and and it was a whole series of miracles that took place that got us into that building um, they the the organization that had it sold it not for 1.4 million but sold it to us for 400,000 they wrote a million dollars down wow and then um the dad went into the banker to get the money the loan that we needed to to buy the property and Back then, uh, bankers didn't want to loan to churches because, in general, churches were notorious for being poorly managed. And then secondly, it created a PR nightmare when you Bad had to foreclose. Bad credit what do, you, what do you do when you foreclose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make the banker look good. So you know, they, didn't, they, didn't, they weren't real comfortable. Um, and so what they did is they said, we'll loan you the money uh, if you and all of your elders um, pledge your assets to co- co-sign the note, basically. And so dad, you know, thought about it and prayed about it. And, and he went back to the banker and says, I, you know, I just, I will pledge my uh, my home, but I'm not going to ask my elders to pledge theirs. And uh, and so the banker said, well, pastor, nothing we can do. And dad walked away and he thought, okay, well, that's, that's fine. And two hours later, he gets a call from the banker saying, pastor, come on down and sign the paperwork. And so dad comes back and he says to the banker, you know, can you explain what changed in the last two hours? And the banker said, "Uh, Pastor, I can't, but when you pay off the the note, then I'm authorized to tell you what happened. So dad signed the note. Years later, he came back and made the final payment on it and asked the banker what had happened. And the banker said, I can tell you now. Um, The vice president of the company that sold you the property personally co-signed a note, so you could have that church. Wow! So it was a miracle every which way. We we got into that building. Our first service was called the pillow service because we didn't have any chairs, so we brought our pillows and threw them on the floor. And there's this huge Safeway, which was like one half one side of the of the building. And there's a little congregation looking at this immense building and thinking, "My gracious, what in the world have we gotten ourselves in for? We'll never use this space." Well, that was back in the 70s, I think, you know, by the 80s. So you don't we... say that much around there anymore. <laughs> no, <do you>? no <laughs> it it's happened it's for a long time. Not for a long time. By the 80s, we had, we had built out the entire building. Uh, by the 90s, we were subdividing, you know. Um, if, it's, if it's big enough to be an office, it's a classroom. If it's big enough to be a closet, it's an office I've joked with the staff that I'm, I'm thinking about hiring staffers that are four feet or less so that we can stack them. You know. Put them on an ancient staircase. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's just been uh, really re- remarkable what God has done in the church and in the school. And uh, we have just recently um, been challenging the congregation to begin praying that God will again, miraculously, give us a bigger box, a bigger building because we've utilized all the space that's available and um we we have st- our school needs more classrooms and uh more gymnasium space and more play yards and uh uh we've done we've got four services on Sunday morning another one on Sunday evening another one on Saturday night um next year we will be uh starting satellite campuses in order to um, accommodate as best we can Um, the the desires of the congregation to be present on Sunday morning.
2: What what do you attribute this phenomenal growth to, Pastor? And I ask that question because we're ministering in a day and an age and in a region of the country that has some of the lowest per capita church attendance in history. Uh, In fact, I think the most recent numbers out by George Barna indicate 4% of Bayerians ever go to church. That even includes the folks that show up at Christmas and Easter. Mm -hmm. And yet, here's Church of the Highlands experiencing this continued phenomenal growth. The school, busting at the seams. You've just recently celebrated 50 years of ministry. Uh, The church, as you indicate, you've gone as out as you can and as up as you can. So now it's a question of, God, what do you have for us next? What do you attribute this phenomenal growth to? God.
3: God's blessing. Um, you know, I, I've been around. I, I I was born on the peninsula, grew up on the peninsula. I've been involved in ministry over thirty years. I've seen and met some of the great pastors that have come and given their lives on the San Francisco Peninsula uh, to the ministry and great preachers, great pastors. Um, and uh, and and I think that the the bottom line is 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 it's God and. I think there's some contributing aspects to it, and that is that um Church of the Highlands uh really is a family that it's um, it's a place where people can come and uh they can be uh transparent uh and uh grow in their knowledge of god his word his relation their relationship with him. Um, that the people there really love on each other, care for each other, pray for each other um, and um, and I think that 's one of the reasons why God has blessed the church
2: it has a lot to do too doesn 't it with the the bar that has been established, the standard that was set by your dad so many years ago in terms of Great education programs, wonderful music program. In fact, you led the youth choir for many, many years there going back in the day. Um, Lots to offer people and yet never a sense of entertainment going on at Church of the Highlands, but pure ministry and a high degree of integrity in the pulpit. If there was anything I appreciated about your dad, Pastor Don Sheely, was his faithfulness to preaching God's Word. Some preachers these days extract one or two verses and Mm -hmm. then go off on rabbit trails, and it becomes largely a reference to the Bible and then 45 minutes of insight and opinion as opposed to pure exhortation and biblical preaching. Do you think that's a big reason why (laughs) Highlands has done what it's done in terms of the impact that it's had on so many lives?
3: I think it is, uh, because it's really God's Word and God's Spirit that transforms lives. And, uh, and so um, we as a church, it's about God's word. It's not about whatever the pastor opinion is about whatever the subject might be. And so, um, and, and another part of it is is, is Highlands has endeavored to remain uh, central in terms of its theology, um, not getting into tangential issues or following rabbit trails or things like that, um, there are a lot of fads that have come and gone with, with the church. You know that, Because you've been around for years. You've seen them, and uh, and we we just haven't jumped on those those fads. It's just really basic, staying in the scriptures and and uh, learning what they say, what they mean, how they apply uh, to daily living. Um, so I think that that the integrity is uh, very important uh, to Highlands in so many ways. In terms of entertainment, we. We don't entertain. Now, Having said that, we've done Scrooge now, I think this is the 25th anniversary of Scrooge, which means we started it like 27 years ago. Some of the kids that were in the original cast as children are now grown, married and have kids of their own. So um, it's really incredible when you can celebrate something for 25 years that continues to have an impact in the community. And some people might look at it and say, well, Scrooge is a drama, and and, uh, so it's entertainment. But actually, um, it's a very intentional way of presenting the gospel in a non-abrasive, non-confrontational fashion, where the gospel message is interwoven through the dialogue from the beginning to the end. So there is entertainment. People do laugh. The guy that plays Scrooge has been in the program all 25 years, never missed an entrance, and is a brilliant uh, actor. Um, But uh, the gospel is just woven through the the whole thing so that when we finish it up, people who come have not only been entertained, but they've also been given the gospel as well. So, um, you know, and whatever we do at Highlands, we endeavor to do with excellence. Uh, We're never satisfied with the status quo. in that and and it's not because we're in competition with anyone else it's in, because we're wanting to do everything with excellence for the glory of God and i i think about what god uh did in uh in his creation it, it, the whole creation is described in in two chapters and so anything that's included is um, is important and then if it's mentioned more than once it's really important and uh one of the things that's always struck me is at the end of those days of creation God would step back, inspect his work, and say, I do good work. It was good. And, uh, and I think that, that we as believers, as pastors, as churches, should be able to do the same thing. We step back from a day's work and, and inspect it and say, it was good.
2: With me today in studio, Senior Pastor from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, Pastor Layton Sheely. A brief timeout. Back to more of the conversation right after this.
1: And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
2: And welcome back to our conversation. Today in studio, Pastor Layton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. His broadcast, by the way, verse by verse, can be heard weekday evenings at 7.45 p.m. right here on KFAX. And of course, um, his father, Pastor Don Sheely, with the ministry here on KFAX going back many, many years. Daybreak continues weekday mornings at 6.30 a.m. right here on KFAX. Details on the web, by the way, at churchofthehighlands.org. That's churchofthehighlands.org. You obviously grew up as a pastor's kid. Yeah. Uh, you attended Bethany Bible College down I in did. Santa Cruz, graduated I did. in the early 80s. Right. Uh, was it your initial design in the beginning to kind of follow in dad's footsteps and eventually take over as senior pastor, or did you have some other designs?
3: <laughs> no, that was not my design by any means. Um, you know, I'd seen how, how, how hard... Uh, ministry could be, how difficult it was, the long hours and things like that. And, you know, I'm a young kid. And and, uh, so I, I, the only reason I went to Bethany is because I didn't get good advice when I was in uh, high school about preparing for college. And so when I graduated from high school, I thought, well, I'll spend a year uh, working at Sears uh, in the automotive section, and and then I'll figure out what I want to do. Well, I worked there for a summer, and I was so tired of busting tires and putting on shock absorbers, I thought, man, I need to get back to school. Now, what school is going to consider a student applying in August? And I thought, well, you see, my dad went to Bethany and graduated. My mom went to Bethany and graduated. My mom's dad and mom went to Bethany, only then it was Glad Tidings. It was in San Francisco. I'm third generation. Maybe, maybe they'll let me in because I'm third generation. And they let me in, but it was probably because they were desperate for students. <laughs> and, uh, and so I thought, well, I'll just go for a semester a year, and, and you know, then I'll go to a real, a real school. And it turns out one, two, three and then I graduate and and I graduated uh with a couple of majors and uh, but I, I really didn't intend to get into ministry, at least not full time. I enjoyed ministry, um, you know, nights and weekends and stuff like that. So I was involved in our college ministry, uh, initially. I went into outside sales, uh, worked for a telecommunications company. Um it was uh it was really an excellent education for me working with people, uh, working with businesses. Um, the company I was with went through several cycles of good management and bad management. And so having gone through that has actually helped me later years uh, as executive pastor in not repeating the bad stuff and, and repeating the good stuff. So it was, it was part of the education uh, that assisted me, you know. And, I, and that's what I found is Whatever I've uh, experienced in the past, gone through, and, and so forth, helps me in the future in, in some fashion. But uh, I went from there uh, to a Christian television station, um, and uh, when I finished up, I called my dad, and I said, uh, Hey, Dad, I'm finished up over here. Have you got any ideas of what I might do uh, next? And he said, Well, son, I'm gonna, I'm, I want you to help me uh, start the Church Loan Corporation. Um, and uh, it was a, a division of, of Central Bank. And uh, he said, uh, we need to get this thing started, and, and you can come and help me. And, and uh, so he was commuting to Walnut Creek a couple of times a week to the headquarters for meetings and things like that, but uh, was doing some work out of the church. And, and the background was his Dad had, for years before that, tried to help churches get the finances they needed to do the building projects uh, to, you know, serve their communities. And, and, and so of course,
2: forth. as you mentioned earlier, he'd had the experience— of being told no. Yes. And while God did a miracle in the case of Church of the Highlands, as you shared in the previous segment, that isn't true for every congregation.
3: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I got there, and I set up my desk, and I, you know, filled a stapler and all that kind of stuff. I walked into his office. He's on the phone. He points to a chair. I sit down. He finishes his conversation, looks at me, and says, son, uh, I've got a problem. I, I can't hire you at the bank. There's some kind of regulation that doesn't allow two Members of the same family to you know work together, whatever clause yeah. or something, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, he said, "Well, but our uh, youth minister and his wife are being transferred uh, to north, and, and uh, why don't you lead the youth choir?" And and I thought, "Well, I was when I was in Bethany, I, I sang with the ambassador touring choir and mm-hmm. chancel choir, and you know I loved music. I thought well if, if I, was, I got nothing else to Take do, this right? Till right? But, yeah, else comes so, along, yeah.' <laughs> so you know, uh, I I got in and started leading, and uh, I was miserable, and the choir was miserable. Because I didn't have the first idea of what I was doing, and um, I was driving through San Francisco, and I I looked up at one of the skyscrapers, and a question went through my mind: How long would Leighton? How long would it take Leighton to build one of those things? And I started thinking about it. I thought, man, before I even get started, I've got to learn how to be a, a geological engineer, a structural engineer, a mechanical engineer hydraulic engineer, electrical engineer, and I started thinking, there's no way I could even, in a lifetime, get all of those skills before I could get started on the building. Which then led to the next question, well, how did the building get there? And um, I realized that it began with uh, a dream and a dreamer. And the dreamer went to the architect and said, you know, the corner of this street and that street, I think it would be a great place for an office building. And so the architect pulls out his paper and he says, you know, I've always wanted to do a pyramid." Or I've always wanted to do a building with arches or whatever. So he designs this building, and they go to the banker. The banker pulls out his pad and paper because this is before PCs, computers were, you know, commonplace. And he does his calculations, and and he says, you know, if you can add two floors, you can increase increase your profit margin X. And then when the contractor is out ordering the materials, the the materials people say, you know, if you change – uh, your material from what it calls for in the specifications to this material it meets all of your specifications, all of your requirements, and it only costs three times, three quarters as much, or something like that. So everybody is doing their best to help this building get constructed and, and well constructed, and it all begins with a dream uh, and a dreamer. And then I, I realized that that was what I was supposed to do in leading this youth choir was to. To be the dreamer, not in terms of creating my own dream, but capturing God's dream for us in that in that enterprise. And so that was a really revelatory uh, experience. Sitting at a light in San Francisco, must have been a really long night. And uh, I came back the next week to the choir, and, and Dad said, I want to meet. You. I want you to meet somebody. Uh, Nat and Dee just moved down from Washington, and they like music, and uh, I want you to get acquainted. So we sat down and. Nat introduced himself and said, what are you working on? I said, well, we're working on this collection of music called Dreamer. He says, oh, that's a great musical. I said, musical? I thought it was just a collection of music. He says, no, that's the story of Joseph with the colored coat. And he said, we just did it at the church that we were at. Well, the part of Joseph had to be done by somebody who could do high C. And he did high C. That's the part he played, and his wife played the part of Potiphar's wife. And um, and so, you know, this was an example of God bringing the resources together like the architects mm-hmm. and uh, the bankers and the suppliers and stuff like that to make his dream for us happen. And Marlene, who had been uh, approached on a number of occasions by my predecessor in worship ministries and had declined to participate, came to me. And Marlene says, I've been praying and I just feel... Like, God wants me to help you do something. What are you doing that I can help? And I said, well, we've got this musical and streamer. And she said, oh, great. I'd love to be the stage manager. And then she pulled in uh, Roger Lilly's wife, who's a brilliant seamstress. And so we had the best staging and the best costumes. But the story of Joseph, Joseph had 10 big brothers. And I didn't have 10 guys in my youth choir and I wasn't going to dress the girls up in drag. <laughs> so, you know, I'm thinking, God, what are we going to do about this? And I was praying about it and standing in the mall of the church, and some guys were walking in on Sunday morning, and, and I just felt prompted. I went up to them, and I said, uh, Jack, um, hey, can you and I meet Tuesday, seven o'clock in the sanctuary? Sure, Layton. They look around, and they say, did, did you call all of us? Yeah. And I reached over, and I hit the play button on the boom box. And it started playing some stuff. Now, this is the, what, early, mid-1980s? Our church is doing, you know, the top 40 hymns from the hymnal and Majesty every other Sunday or something like that. We haven't gone even into worship choruses like has become so commonplace It's still pretty Today. high
2: church, so to speak.
3: Yeah. And this musical, Dreamer, was written by Cam Flory and one of the Steve Taylors, and it was really out there. I mean, they actually did rap. The guy's sitting there going like what in the world is going on here rap in church, you know? And then they, as they were listening, they started catching the story and then they started, you know, capturing the, what was taking place. And you could just see the little light bulbs mm-hmm. going on. And, and, and then, uh, I reached over and I turned off. I said, guys, it's the story of Joseph that's going to be done by our youth choir. And Joseph had 10 big brothers and I need 10 big brothers. I also need a baker <laughs> and, and all of the guys stepped up, and you had these fully grown men, had an absolute blast carrying around stuffed sheep, you know, with the little mm-hmm. wheels and the, and the dongers. <laughs> hanging out of the, and they had an absolute blast working with the kids and, and putting on this production called Dreamer. And when we did the premiere at, at Highlands, it was the longest standing ovation in the history of the church. It was like, I don't know, 7 to 11 minutes. It was, just, And, and uh, my dad came up after... He said, you know, son, that was exactly the way I picture that story taking place. And our music director at the church came to Dad, and she announced that she would be leaving. And Dad said, well, who would you recommend to continue the worship ministries of Church of the Highlands? And she said, I've been praying about it, and I think it's latent.
2: Let me jump in for a brief moment at this point in our conversation. If you've just joined us, in studio today is Pastor Leighton Sheely, Senior Pastor at Church of the Highlands of San Bruno. We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of our conversation right
1: after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
2: Welcome back to our conversation with Pastor Leighton Sheely, Senior Pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. More information, by the way, about the church and ministry on the web at churchofthehighlands.org. You can tune in to Leighton's broadcast, verse-by-verse, verse, heard weekday evenings at 7.45 p.m. right here on KFAX. His father, Pastor Donald Sheeley, has a broadcast heard weekday mornings for the past 20 years on KFAX called Daybreak, at 6.30 a.m. Monday through Friday. Again, more information available on the web at churchofthehighlands.org. Don't forget that Pastor Leighton Sheely will also be our featured Church of the Week speaker coming up on Sunday at 12 noon right here on KFAX. All right, Leighton. Okay, Pastor Leighton, let's come back now and pick up the conversation where we left off.
3: Our music director at the church came to dad and she announced that she would be leaving and dad said well who would you recommend to continue the worship ministries of church of the islands and she says i i've been praying about it and i think it's latent. i believe it's latent. and so that's how i went from the youth choir to the regular choir and a few months later our, our worship pastor uh, took an assignment um, elsewhere and so I, I filled in that role so basically all i've ever done with one exception is fill holes um, our men's ministry leader had some health complications, had to resign. Dad came to me and said, son, I want you to lead men's ministries. And I said, dad, I don't know the first thing about it, but I'll do my best. And so I arranged to meet with the three leaders of men's ministry. And they, we sat down together and they said, uh, you know, Leighton, we're really excited about new leadership and new ideas. And, you know, we want you to know we're right behind you, 100%. We're here to support you. In fact, we 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 want to get out of the way to see what, you know, God's going to do. So we resign so that was my first meeting with the men's ministry leadership and and i i, I walk away from the meeting i think god you know if,
2: it's not what i had in mind yeah i
3: mean you know and so I, I i said you know god i don't know what i'm doing and i don't have anybody that helps me uh and so if, if there's going to be a men's ministry at church of the Lions, you need to make it happen and within two or three weeks i had five guys come up to me they almost all said the same thing they said layton I feel like god wants me to help you with something almost the exact same words of, of marlene and says what can we do and i well i mentioned all well, the guys we got this men's ministry thing that 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 dad has asked us to to develop and and i could use help oh men's ministry that sounds great uh, let's do that and it was interesting how god brought this this team together because you had one guy that was an excellent mouth another one with an excellent mind another one with a, with hands it was basically the body mm-hmm. Uh, that God brought together, complementary skills with a common vision, a shared vision, and a shared passion. And uh, we worked together for like 15 years. um, And one of the things we we wanted to do is to figure out how to uh, take a -a once-a-month breakfast and make it so exciting that guys who could have been sleeping in chose not to, to be there. And, you know, we worked on it and worked on it, asked God to help us and bless us, and he did. And then we realized that an hour once a month, a couple of hours once a month, was not enough for the guys to really get acquainted, build friendships. And that's what led to the men's conference, which now is, I think, in year 17 um, at Mount Hermon. And so that was another situation of just filling a a hole. The only position I've taken that that wasn't filling a hole was in the case of my dad. my dad was in his early 70s. He was still in good health and and vibrant, but he had seen a number of situations where churches that had long-term senior pastors who retired or death or some disease limited their ability to continue, and he watched the churches go through suffering. One church went from 2,000 to 200 people, and he didn't want that to happen uh, to the family at Highlands, and so um, he asked me to be the senior pastor. Uh, uh, our senior elder Mike uh, helped us negotiate the deal cuz you know it's a, not an easy transition and um and so that was we I was installed as senior pastor 10 years ago on Father's Day of this year but dad was still in continuing good health still loved to preach lived to preach and there was no reason to disturb that and I had a lot to do cuz I was continuing my role as the executive pastor and then I had that motorcycle accident I don't know Know if you remember mm-hmm. that one. Mm-hmm. God protected me because the car that was behind me blocked traffic so I wouldn't get run over. And right behind that car was an empty ambulance. So, how many guys fall off their motorcycle in front of their ambulance? Yeah, it was right? Two, 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 two <laughs> doors behind you. Two doors behind <laughs> They saw the whole thing. And, and uh, so, the months after that, I noticed that there were some glitches in my mental processing. I would look for words, I knew they existed, I couldn't find them. So, these kinds of things diminish my trust in my ability to be able to pull Bible verses from memory, words from memory, thoughts from memory, and so forth. That, by the way, contributed to um, my decision to script my sermons, where I literally write the whole sermon out. And I don't necessarily um, say it exactly like it's on the page, but, but every um, paragraph. Is included intentionally. There's a reason why that paragraph is included. I I try to make the sermons very, very clear. I try to choose precise words, um, and you know, I my goal is that anyone and everyone uh, can hear the sermon and receive it with clarity. And one of the compliments that. I received that I thought was a high compliment was a sixth grader who came up after one of my sermons one time and said, Pastor, I heard every word and I understood everything that you said. And uh so um,
2: So in a sense God used that tragedy, that yeah. event, to change part of your approach yeah. that allowed you to more fine-tune your sermon delivery. Right. As many preachers, and we all know this. Jot down a few notes, but for the most part, it's generally pretty extemporaneous. People say, how does he get up and memorize all of that? Well, the reality is, he doesn't. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But to rethink that, because the word has to be preached in boldness and in clarity, so that the audience can understand and grasp what's being communicated. Mm -hmm. So in a sense, God used that in in a tremendous way, didn't he?
3: He did. I think God uses our successes, our failures, our strengths, and our weaknesses, all for His glory. In fact, I think that it's our weaknesses where God is most glorified.
2: What strikes me about your story and your your trajectory or matriculation through all of these aspects of ministry down through the years is that uh, you were perhaps even by your own word not necessarily qualified for any of them. But you made yourself available. Right. And maybe for many people eavesdropping on our conversation today that would say, Pastor, I have struggled for years to try to get a sense of where I can put my time and talent to work for the Lord. I've, I've prayed that God would show me, how can you use me, Lord? I want to make myself available, but I don't know how. And and maybe part of that is we're trying to find that one exact Area of ministry that we're fully capable and equipped for, but perhaps if we do that, we find out that we're leaning too much on our own understanding. Mm-hmm. You step into an arena where you know nothing about it; your, your need to rely entirely upon the Lord every step of the way goes up exponentially, doesn't it?
3: Absolutely. When we have new members step up, um, we tell them, "Hey, you know, try something. If it doesn't work, try something else." Um, the bottom line is that. If you 're inside of your comfort zone, you're not growing. You have to step outside of your comfort zone to grow and so you know in every situation, I was quote unquote outside of my comfort zone, but you know outside of my comfort zone, I say god, you got to help me you got to lead me you got to make it happen you know i'm just making myself available and um so yeah, I, going back to what you asked earlier, i didn't plan to go into ministry but now, looking back on 30-plus years, I don't think that I could have done anything that would be nearly as satisfying uh, as what what God has... So
2: looking in the rearview mirror, you can see yeah. the hand of God at play in all of these key areas. Yes. And your growth through the entire spectrum of church ministry. Right. From literally vacuuming <laughs> the sanctuary right. to now serving as senior pastor.
3: Right. And everything along the way uh, has contributed. For instance, I understand and appreciate the necessity of having the right people in the right place at the right time in my staff, in our ministry, in part because of an experience related to Scrooge. At the beginning, Marlene and I were involved in every aspect of Scrooge. But as the years went by and and people stood up and said, hey, pastor, I'll take care of this. And we just didn't, didn't have to worry about that part and didn't have to worry about that part. And there was a year where I decided that I would not be involved in the casting. And that was an education because that year the casting wasn't right for Scrooge. And we had to work like 10 times harder for for half the result than we would if the casting had been right. And uh, so the next year I got back in, in the casting. And for the most part, I've been involved in casting ever since. But that was an education for me about the importance of getting the right people in the right place at the right time.
2: We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of our conversation. And if you've just joined us in studio today is Pastor Leighton Sheely, Senior Pastor at Church of the Highlands of San Bruno. A brief time out, back with more as Lifeline continues.
1: And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
2: Welcome back to our conversation with Pastor Layton Sheely, Senior Pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. More information, by the way, about the church and ministry on the web at churchofthehighlands.org. You can tune in to Leighton's broadcast, verse by verse, heard weekday evenings at 7.45 p.m. right here on KFAX. His father, Pastor Donald Sheeley, has a broadcast heard weekday mornings for the past 20 years on KFAX called Daybreak at 6.30 a.m. Monday through Friday. Again, more information available on the web at churchofthehighlands.org. Don't forget that Pastor Leighton Sheely will also be our featured Church of the Week speaker coming up on Sunday at 12 noon right here on KFAX. All right, Leighton, I'm thinking not only of your ministry at Highlands... But your two younger brothers, Carlton and Cabot, who have also followed in degrees of ministry at the church. Um, And perhaps in all three examples, I'm struck by the idea that it was because your dad led, then pushed. Is that accurate? I, I don't get the sense from what you've shared today or what I know of the ministry of Highlands that Pastor Don was pushing anybody to do anything, but he would lead them and there's that's that that's a subtle but important difference is it not well
3: you know i'm his son so i got some pushing you know (laughs) so do the other boys but um i think when it came to ministry you know um he basically gave us opportunities and uh and so cabot has done exceedingly well in the ministries that he's been involved with uh carlton has done exceedingly well in the ministries that he he's done Uh, he's basically been the narrator or the voice of dad's program for the 20 plus years that we've been on on the station so um so you know i I think that uh i think there was occasions when dad would would give me a push um but you know that's just part of being a son
2: but but for the most part though you you really have followed your own calling and you you've 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 really responded to what the lord asked you to do yes. and the opportunities that were bare. I think every parent obviously wants to encourage yes. their children. But at the end of the day though, it's really that pure heart that just simply says, Lord, I want to be obedient to you. Right. And let me yield myself to you, as right. you began in our conversation earlier today. Uh None of this that you're doing today was part of your bucket list or your agenda as a young man graduating from high school or heading into college or even graduating from college. And yet God had the plan in mind. Right. And we hear in the Word, we hear it said all the time, that God has a plan for us. Right. And perhaps the reason why some people don't see that playing out to their total satisfaction is because rather than just following God's leading, they've tried to drive... God in one direction or another. right? A- and I think to a great degree that has a lot to say, too, about the level of, of the depth of our relationship with the Lord, where we have an intimate enough of a relationship to be able to surrender and say, God, I don't know. I- I'm not ready for this. I'm afraid of this. This intimidates me. Mm-hmm. And yet I want to be obedient to what you're calling me to do or leading me to do, because I know you've got the best plan in place for me.
3: Right. right. So you step out of your comfort zone by faith, and not everything that you attempt is going to be successful. And you learn from both your successes and your failures. In fact, as I look back over my life, I I think I learned a lot more from my failures than I did from my successes. So I just encourage everyone to get outside their comfort zone. Some people have a hesitancy because they want God to, to reveal the entire plan. And I think that if I would have known the the plan that has unfolded over the years, I would have probably been intimidated to even make the first step. But just taking it step by step, and then the next step when God put it in front of me, and so forth. Now, when I look back, as you you so well described it, I, I say I see God all along the way, and um, so I, I think that that's. Uh, I want to just encourage. Uh, all believers, to be involved in ministry. Ephesians 4 says that God gave pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for service. And I think a lot of Christians think that it's the guys with the titles or the collars or whatever that are supposed to be doing ministry, when in fact every believer should be involved in ministry. And it's the pastors and teachers who are called to equip their congregations for ministry.
2: That really brings us to that full circle to the notion of discipleship. And and the importance of not only believers to study to show themselves approved by getting themselves immersed in God's Word, getting to know God, developing a prayer life, mm-hmm. uh, that two-way communication right. that's both God hearing from us and then we hearing from Him. Mm-hmm. And then, as we grow in that relationship, to be able to go out and essentially duplicate ourselves, right. multiply ourselves. So in that regard, then, as you point out, you don't have to be the pastor of a church. You don't have to have a radio talk show. Right. Uh, all of us, where God has planted us, have the not only the opportunity, but I believe the mandate to impact the lives of those around us mm-hmm. by simply making disciples. mm mm-hmm.
3: You know, I, I this this year has been a very um, unusual year for me because of uh, my father's passing and uh, and the memorial. My son got married this year. Praise the Lord to a very fine Christian young lady. Um, but I, then I also have done quite a bit of extensive uh, traveling. I uh, went to Israel for a few weeks on a study tour, and I've gone to at least I think three, maybe four uh... pastors conferences and one of them was back at church of the Highlands in alabama a fabulous church and said god's really doing neat things back there and i remember uh... pastor chris talking about four steps just four basic steps uh... for growing in our faith the first one is to know god uh... the second one is to get free uh... To overcome whatever the sin thing is that, that we deal with in life and then the third one is to you know um... was it uh... find your purpose find find whatever it is that god made you to do and the fourth one is make a difference do what god calls you to do uh the first one no god is both an event because it it happens in a moment where all of a sudden the light bulb goes on and and everything changes because of what the holy spirit does but it's also a process that leads up to that moment and um the apostle paul kind of described that process and uh First Corinthians, when he talked about, you know, one plants, another one waters. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I said, I told the congregation a few, a few weeks ago, you know, before you water, you you plant the seed. And, and really, if you want to take it back a little farther, before you plant the seed, you prepare the land. And I said, if you understand this principle, um, then you understand what some of the things the Church of the Highlands does. Get acquainted with our community and let them know that we're here and that we are Uh, normal, fun-loving people, developing a relationship with them so that we can share the gospel with them so that they can choose whether or not they're going to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior.
2: Part of that is the vision, the Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth perspective on the evangel sharing the gospel. And I know that uh, your dad certainly had a passion and a burden for overseas missions. Yes, he did. You have traveled with great frequency overseas as well. You've taught at the Bible College in the Ukraine. Um, Talk to me a bit about that perspective in terms of the impact into Samaria and the uttermost parts. Why is that important?
3: Dad was involved extensively in missions. Um, Back in the 50s or the 60s, he and mom and mom's dad and mom went around the world uh, doing missions work. And uh, years later, he took the director of Association of Christian Schools International uh, around the world looking for Christian schools. And that now they've become a significant part of uh, Association of Christian Schools International. Uh, back in the 70s, I think it was, dad was working with uh, Charles Weston in teaching uh, pastors in Africa how to know their scriptures better and lead their congregations better and so forth when the wall was brought down um, we were allowed to go and start a bible school in the ukraine not too far from chernobyl
2: st james bible college
3: st james bible college and we worked with 14 denominations we're a non-denominational church but we work 14 denominations uh, Bring in teachers on a rotation preparing many of those students went out and have made a real impact on uh, the Ukraine in bringing the gospel and, and, uh, and developing churches uh, there. And uh, so um, Dad just had a real passion for expanding the kingdom uh, in so many different ways. Um, one of his more recent heart is helping orphans in Borneo, and uh, I think you've had Ronnie Hayborn here. Yes, I'm
2: saying uh, listeners to the program will uh, certainly be familiar with that ministry, Ronnie Hayborn. What's going on there in Borneo? Ronnie's been a guest on the program several times. Yeah. The vision for Church of the Highlands moving forward. You mentioned about a new building. Mm, yes. We talked about the 50th anniversary of Highlands Christian Schools, and of course the the tremendous impact of a Christian education that's had on the lives of of literally thousands of students now down through the years. Where do you see God taking this ministry in the next five to ten years? The school
3: has been around 50 years and the team that God has brought together in the school is absolutely extraordinary. Our average eighth grader graduates post high school on standardized tests. So basically they almost don't need to go to high school because they've already got it covered but that you have the emotional and physical developments that need to take place. But the the quality of our education is one of the things that is exceptional about Highlands Christian Schools. But then we also have an outstanding athletic program, and uh, we also have an outstanding arts program. Our superintendent, Dr. David Johnston, happened to be one of my mentors when I was in Bible college. I asked him to come on and help at, uh, at Highlands, and he accepted the challenge. And he's just a brilliant... Schoolmaster he's also a brilliant musician as well conductor, violinist, virtuoso. And so we now have a school orchestra with over 50 string players. How many schools have that kind of an orchestra? The public schools are in, in bad shape. They're shutting down their arts programs or sports programs, and they're not exactly known for the outstanding academics, but what I'm saying is is, what we have is a really fabulous school. We have endeavored to operate that school based solely on tuition. And so basically there's no more space inside of our building. So we're going to be starting satellite campuses. We've already increased our worship team 300% to get ready for that and are doing some restructuring in, in our team to make that a reality. We're asking God to miraculously give us a bigger building. We are doing church plants. For a slightly different reason, but we've got a, a new church that's starting up in the Sacramento area. And what we'd like to be is to grow such a strong team that we can help some of the other Christ-centered Bible-teaching churches in our community so that they can become even more effective at reaching the community as well. So a real kingdom-building teamwork.
2: Almost approach. an incubator in a sense.
3: Yeah. So those are some of the things we perceive as what god wants us to do as a church and so we're just endeavoring to pay attention to the opportunities that he opens up
2: we want to invite listeners who would like to find out more about the ministry of church of the highlands a couple of easy ways to do that of course you can log on to church dot o-r-g that's church of the highlands dot o-r-g you're invited to tune in for the radio broadcast of course first by verse with pastor Layton shealy Weekday evenings at 7.45 p.m. right here on KFAX. And daybreak with Pastor Don Sheely, weekday mornings at 6.30 a.m. right here on KFAX. You've also got a great resource available, HighlandsConnection.com, which is a wonderful library. I wish every church would do this. A wonderful library of sermons. Thank you. So if you're looking to go deeper, you want to continue in the series, Uh, you don't want to just piecemeal day by day, but say, I really love that, Now, I want to listen to it all in one contiguous chunk or share it with others. HighlandsConnection.com is a great resource. Check it out. Bookmark it. Uh, it's a spot that I think you'll go back to with some frequency. Well, Pastor Leighton Sheely, we sure appreciate you coming in today and sharing with us. Thank you, Craig. We invite our listeners, by the way, to listen for a reprise of this conversation. That'll be tomorrow, Saturday at 5 p.m., and then a complete uninterrupted sermon by Pastor Layton Sheely, Sunday at 12 noon, right here on KFAX.